Welcome back to the D2C Slingshot podcast. I'm your host, Lockie Thompson, and I'm also the founder of Social Slingshot, a paid advertising agency. This podcast is your go-to resource for entrepreneurs seeking insights from industry leaders and experts. If you have magically stumbled across this podcast, then I'm truly grateful that you've chosen to listen. If you have any specific questions or topics you'd like us to cover, then don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at Lockie Social Slingshot. While this podcast is tailored to the broader e-commerce community, if you are ever in need of direct marketing assistance, then Social Slingshot is here to help. Our mission is to drive as much success for as many e-commerce brands as possible by being the most results-driven and client-focused agency on the market. Now, with all that boring admin stuff taken care of, let's jump into today's episode. G'day, everyone. Welcome back to the Dataly Slingshot podcast. Today, I'm joined with the queen of ants, Erin Funnel. To start off this podcast, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction and take us right back to the beginning? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name's Erin, and as Lockie said, I am the owner of Queen of Ants. Um, Basically, we sell pet ant farms, uh, which is a pretty cool idea for kids and whatnot, Um, but I can say safely that I didn't leave school thinking that I was going to be selling ant farms as my job, but here we are. Life never goes the way you plan. So um, basically I left school and I went to uni. I did a science degree at university and following on from that, I actually joined the police force and did that for a few years and um, realised pretty quickly that that wasn't for me. Um, So then I moved to the RSPCA in effectively a similar role um, as an RSPCA inspector. So um, for 13 years I did all the kind of cruelty and neglect uh, cases in Victoria Um, which was amazing. I just loved my time there. Um, But after 13 years, it kind of starts to drag on your bit. So I I started looking at um, starting a business and what I could do to work for myself. Uh, I didn't immediately get to ant farms either. Um, I uh, I ended up (laughs) becoming a florist I started a floristry business, which is very random, Um, did a few weddings and... um, Again, realised that it probably wasn't for me either. And I kind of just fell into the ant farm world, didn't really realise that it was a thing, um, but I stumbled upon it and um, kind of the the more I started digging, the more I realised how interesting it was and that there wasn't really anyone doing it um, in the way that I could see it being done. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it started. It's all a bit random, really. Yeah, for sure. And it's such a unique product as well. I don't think many families around Australia would go, let's get ants as our first pet. Uh, But once you do look into it a bit more, it does make sense. Like there's no poop for you to clean up. No, you don't have to go to the supermarket and buy dog food every week and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, it's a pretty interesting idea. And I'm sure most Aussie kids growing up also grew things like sea monkeys. And I I sort of make a little connection there. It's like easy to maintain, uh, but still gives that level of excitement and also a bit of responsibility to the kids as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot of benefits. And I think, um, you know, in my journey starting it, I realised that a lot of people don't initially think about it. They wouldn't think, oh, we can get an ant farm. You know, you can't just go down to the pet shop and get one. But once they know that it exists, then there hasn't really been too many people that I've come across that 
either don't want it for themselves or would like it for someone they know. So um, it's, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a market for it, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, let's just jump back a bit. You said you started a florist business and I want to know a little bit more about some of the challenges you faced with that and then possibly why that uh, wasn't the right fit for you. Yeah, sure. So I... Uh, essentially, I, I was pregnant with my son and obviously being in law enforcement for probably, well, over 15 years of my initial career, I basically said to myself, what is the happiest, nicest, friendliest industry I could possibly get into um, with no negativity? So I thought, oh, I'll make flowers for people's weddings, you know, logical conclusion there. So um, yeah, I did... I'm already getting red flags. <laughs> it's like messing with brides and if you stuff something up, all yeah, exactly. break loose. So, yeah, I, I did the qualification, started the business, and whilst I did enjoy it, I, I really liked the kind of artistic creative side of it. Um, it's very, um, oh, how do I say it? Like it's open for interpretation as to what people think is nice and it's very difficult. I found it difficult yeah. to reconcile what I thought was nice to what people actually really wanted or what vision they had in their head. So that was a real big challenge in that space. But also it's just an awful lot of work for not a lot of money. Um, just the yeah. the labour intensive side of it for what you actually get out of it. Um, plus it's late nights before events, all that sort of stuff. Um, it was just really hard work. Um, so hats off to all the florists out there. Yeah, all the florists probably just had their biggest day of the year. So it's the 15th of February. Yeah. So Valentine's was just yeah. yesterday. So I'm sure they were all yet. celebrating. Oh, yeah. Well, they will be in bed now, <laughs> but they'll be um, sleeping on all their yeah. cash that they just made, hopefully. So, yeah, my girlfriend was uh, traveling back home and all she could see was men everywhere just walking the streets with flowers. Yeah. And she's like, Where's mine? And I was like, oh, Dinner's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'll, we'll leave that story for yeah, a different day. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, then you pivoted into ants. Mm -hmm. So with the, like, obviously you have a background with animals and stuff like that, but I wouldn't really think animals are neglecting ants yeah. all that much as their pet farms and whatever they want to do yeah. with them. So how did you come across ant farms initially? Uh, was it some sort of Facebook group or, um, or what was I it? I did stumble upon Facebook groups after I initially found out about it. But So I live in rural Victoria um, in uh, on quite a large bush block, so we do have lo loads of ants at my house. Um, but it's a funny story. I was actually watching TV with my husband and there's a show called Travel Guides. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, but, uh, well, bit. as a side note, I was keeping bees as a hobby as well. So bees and ants are kind of along the same line in terms of colony. So I was already keeping bees and I was sitting there looking for a business to run, had been tossing up all these ideas. Anyway, we're watching TV and that travel guide show came on and they were traveling through a market in Adelaide and, um, the TV showed that they were eating or trying those, uh, the green tree ants that people use for food and uh, in gin and everything like that. And then it said um, $700 a kilo or something ridiculous that they were selling for. And, you know, well, we've got lots of ants here, $700 a kilo. We should, you know, sell some ants, ha, 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 joking. Uh, Googled it and just stumbled upon this whole world. So that's that's really kind of how it started, really not intentional 
in any way. But then I, I quickly found that people were keeping ants as pets. So it's a little bit different, not for food, they're, they're for pets. Um, yeah, kind of this real niche that I'd never heard of and I just was intrigued from the start, really. That's Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And to get a business like this off the ground and running, mm. like, what sort of marketing strategies did you use? Because mm. I know there could possibly be some restrictions around advertising livestock yeah. on Facebook and Google. Yeah. How did you get around those sort of restrictions? It, it is tricky. So, yeah, Facebook don't allow the sale of live animals. So initially before it was a business, I did actually collect some live ants and um kind of networked through Facebook groups to make sales. So it's not directly um, on Facebook, which Facebook would have an issue with, but networking in those groups. And that was kind of my my first sale, if you will, before it was a business, before I had a website or anything like that. That was kind of the, the fuel that started the fire, I would say. So once I'd made those sales and thought, oh, well, you know, I, I feel like there actually is a market here. I think I might, I might have a crack at this. Um, so I did lots of research and I built my own website e-com store on Shopify. So I had had a little bit of experience building websites. So I think I'd built three previously. So I, I kind of knew where I was at, but I, I hadn't done an e-com store. So um, Shopify is a brilliant tool. Um, yeah, they, they make it so accessible for people to start a business really with not much capital either so you know you know you don't have to pay an awful lot so i built out a store um i first started just with some live ants that i'd collected at home and then over time um designed and developed ant farms for them to be housed in and um yeah that's kind of a never-ending thing um, developing new products and improving on on what I'm already doing um, so yeah built the website and started yeah, running sure. some Facebook and Google Ads myself um, just kind of winging it just working out how to <laughs> how to work all these platforms and tools to, to get going so I had a little bit of a budget there um, and that's kind of where it grew from really yeah, for sure. Now, in your marketing, are you more focusing on people who already know about like ants being pets mm. or are you really trying to attract and build a new niche within the pet market? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to build a new niche, which is tricky. So I guess a lot of people, like I said earlier, don't know or or wouldn't think about having an ant farm, but once they do, it's intriguing and there's so many um, reasons why you might want one of them, especially for your kids. So I do a little bit of, um, uh, well, I, I have a, a Facebook ads campaign or meta ads running um, to kind of get the word out there um, and that's doing pretty well. I also run Google ads and my SEO, so um, where I sit on Google organically is quite high. There's not a lot of competition in the space. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so that kind of captures people with intent who already know about it. Um, and I also try to get around to all of the big pet expos, um, which I found really, really good for networking and just kind of getting the word out there. Um, yeah, my, my aim would be to get yeah. the products into more pet stores. Um, mm. So that's kind of a focus as well. Yeah, for sure. Just moving back a little step, like what are some of the main objections that somebody would have when they're buying an ant farm and how do you overcome that? 
Yeah. So my my target market is is kind of people like me, really, mums with kids between five to fifteen, essentially, is kind of the target market. So um, probably concerns around the ants getting out, um, whether they're going to survive or not. But I think the biggest the biggest hurdle to get people to buy it is the fact that it's kind of complicated and overwhelming to get started. So um, my biggest focus is simplifying the product and the ant farm in general and having really clear instructions for people on how to go about it. Um, so that's kind of the real, I would say the biggest barrier is that it's a bit overwhelming for people. So many products, so many different options. So just simplifying it and making it easy for people to get started especially if that's their kids, yeah. you know, interest. Um, so potentially the, the mum or dad is not that interested, but the kids want one, but they're still the ones that have got to sort it out. So, yeah, trying to make it easy for people. Yeah, and are you doing that through like YouTube videos or do you have some sort of ebook, or is it just instructions in the yeah, product? Yeah, a bit of everything really. So that? trying to make a lot of YouTube videos to simplify it and show people steps to take and when to take them. That's been really helpful. Plus, um, I do have an ebook guide that that goes with our starter kits, along with a basic care guide, a big FAQ section on the website, um, and just continually taking on feedback. I think from customers um, is really important, and being open to constructive criticism back from people, um, I think, is really valuable in improving your product. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then obviously growing your business this year is a goal every business would yeah. have. What are some of the key strategies or marketing hacks that you're going to be using over the next few months to keep getting the word yeah. out there? Um, so in November, I launched the new e-com store. So I actually had a, a, a store professionally built, which is uh, going really well. So yeah, um, converting much better than the old one. So that was a really big step for me to take as a significant investment for a small business, but um, I'm glad that I took the leap. Um, so I'm doing that and um, um, I have a, a digital marketing agency now running the meta social ads. So we're doing that. Um, I'm also looking um, at doing more um, cold reach out to influencers. Um, so I did a little bit at the end of um, last year and I'm working on, um, yeah, just networking with uh, people who have my target audience already, I guess. So, yeah, mums of kids who are already, you know, micro-influencers or even a little bit bigger. So um, free gifting to them um, in return for hopefully a, a post or a shout-out or something like that. So, um, yeah. Yep doing that um, and plus the expos so it just going out to expos and, and actually chatting to people yeah obviously uh, building a new website is a massive decision for you mm. what were some of the um, things like objections that you had and then like what actually made you go forward with building a new website rather than keeping the one you already had yeah um, so my main goal with building or having a professional website built was to increase the conversion rate of the website. So my, although the one I built was not bad, it, the conversion rate was not enough for me to feel like I could spend money on like 
a decent advertising budget bringing people to a website that then didn't convert well. I felt like that that would be a waste of money to pay all the money to get the people to the website that then doesn't perform. So that was the intention with building the new website. Um, the main hurdle was just the cost of it. You know, it, it's not insignificant. It was a lot of money, um, you know, for a small business. It was a lot. So that was the main thing. And also, yeah. I guess, um, how, to, how to put this nicely, the digital marketing space can be difficult to navigate in terms of getting the right person yeah. <laughs> uh, and getting getting the result that you need. So, um, yeah, they're definitely not the... Yeah. What, what uh, sort of advice would you give to people who are possibly looking for extra help with their marketing? What were some of the sort of things that you looked out for or maybe some of the red flags in agencies that you chose yeah. not to go with? Um, I feel as though you're always going to drop some coin on an agency that's not going to work out. Um, this one was not my first one and in other companies. So my husband has a company as well. So um, we've been through quite a few already and, and not really seen the return. So really, I guess the difference is trying to find an agency that's actually results driven. So and is happy to get into the nitty gritty of, you know, your ROAS, how much are you going to get back? all that sort of stuff. How much is your customer worth? What's their lifetime value? What's your cost of acquisition? All the nitty gritty actual details of how much you should expect to get back from your dollar. Um, I think that's what the difference was that we looked at. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of agencies will take on clients without looking at things like their website conversion rate. They'll just be like, oh yeah, your Instagram looks pretty, like let's go ahead with this. And then mm. all of a sudden you're three months down the track, it's like, where are all these conversions? And they're like, well, your website doesn't convert. And like, well, why yeah. are you telling me that to yeah, start Yeah, exactly. With? It's just been all like, this money yeah, to it's... get them somewhere, you know, and the way I rationalized it is, well, I'm an online store. So if I'm investing this money into a new website, it's essentially the same as investing it into a brick and mortar store. Like, this is where I'm sending people. I wouldn't send people into a garage. So, you know, pay to send yeah. people there. So my store has to be, yeah. you know, good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of people first starting out will skip the website stuff and just jump straight into paid ads because they have a shop or a Shopify store that like convert, like converts, like it's able to yeah. accept payments yeah. and stuff like that. But the user experience is just terrible. Yeah. And it's not usually not until you get an outside opinion on your website that you realize, oh shit, like yeah. this is actually so bad. It's like things are broken. There's no upsells. It's hard to add to cart. This link's broken. Yeah. All those sorts of things are going to have a negative experience. Like, and this morning I went to an Instagram page and I tried to click on the link to go to the website and that was broken. I'm like, no, when are you not making any sales? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's, that's it. broken. There's so many <laughs> facets of business yeah, now. So this has got to be connected to that, which has got to connect to that. And then you've got to get all your analytics connected. And there's a lot to a lot to look at. And it's a lot for for one person, especially me. I don't have a business background. So um, it's nice to get an agency that will help you support support you with other little things as well so our agency although i'm paying them to do the meta ads if i have questions that are outside the scope of that they have been available to help me with that as well which is which is nice yeah that's awesome but they're not the cheapest so going around either of, uh, so 
you do get what you pay for. Yeah, that's usually the caveat. It's like, yeah, yeah you do get what you paid for. Uh, so, yeah, in the past, you've probably gone with the cheaper option and it hasn't yeah. worked out all that well. Um, so, yeah, pay up and hopefully you'll get a good result. Exactly. Fingers crossed you find a good agency. That's it. Cool. So with going into more like brick and mortar stars, I imagine like pet stock and some of the big yeah. players, like what are some of the strategies that you're using to get a foot in the door to those sorts of places? Yeah. The so I, I have met um, a few people through the, um, the expos that I attend. Um, so I have um, had discussions with pet stock which was a bit daunting, um, but plus other small independent stores. So I've got quite a few of them on board th through that kind of networking channel, but also just cold calling, like just do the yeah. reps, get it out there, you know, work on your sales pitch and, um, uh, yeah, just just call people because they don't know about it. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, I imagine you were pretty nervous for that pet stock meeting. Obviously, they're a massive business in yeah. Australia. Yeah. What sort of things did you do to prepare for that meeting? Like, did you go in there with a pitch deck or was, um, well, was it I was more actually just stand there and talk? Or... Because they approached me at the expo and there was like, you know, the four, okay. four national product managers or something just, just came up. So I was completely unprepared. And um, I'm not in pet stock now, so it hasn't gone anywhere. That's It's not my focus yeah. to probably get into a big chain like that either. I think the more small independent stores are probably um yeah where i'm at but yeah i was totally unprepared my face probably looked like a stunned mullet when i was talking to them <laughs> yeah did they did they tell you straight away or did they just sort of let the conversation go on and at the end they were like oh yeah we're pet no stock. no they had like, oh, they no. had their t-shirts on so yeah they did introduce oh, themselves yeah because <laughs> yeah, i i was yeah. a i was at a golf event and the pga ceo was there for australia yeah. Australia, and he come up and introduced himself, and I said something about, uh, "Oh, why are you here with all the bogans? Like, did you get stuck? Like, some sort of like just lower down in the PGA?" And he's like, "Oh no, I'm the CEO." And I was like, "Oh, oh. sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was no, funny. I didn't get caught out though. Yeah, they were very upfront, which was nice. But yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Fun. Now, I know you've just come off your biggest month ever in December. Mm. I imagine there was a lot of parents gifting for Christmas and yes. uh, what sort of strategies did you use through that time to reach that record month? Um, I think it was a combination of just having launched the website plus the marketing, uh, the new uh, social marketing. Um, I think I probably wasn't entirely prepared for how busy it was going to be. So I think um, I've probably learnt a bit um, to prepare earlier for next year um in terms of just maybe making it that whole quarter yeah, like last quarter the preparation coming in yeah um yeah so other than that i didn't i don't think i did anything particularly differently um but just having it out there for people um who hadn't thought of it before so you know the the beauty of social media advertising is you are capturing that cold audience a little bit uh, which I hadn't had access to previously. Yeah, for sure. So more eyeballs and then a higher converting website, it's usually a recipe yeah. for success. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, cool. What about some of the uh, trends or exciting marketing technologies that you're looking out for at the moment? Uh, AI is obviously becoming bigger and bigger mm. by the day. And I imagine it's going to keep growing. Yeah. Uh, what sort of things are you using in your business at the moment? Um, I don't use an awful lot, pretty much just um, like chat GBT for blog posts, uh, help yeah. me out with some Facebook posts and things like that. Um, but other than that, I, yeah, I'd be keen to explore that a bit more. I guess, like I said, the, the list is long of things I want to do and it, it definitely is, is on there. Um, I just probably need to figure out what's actually available and how I could utilize it a bit better. Yeah. The, yeah. There is a lot of stuff out there and new stuff coming out every single day. It's mm. so like, how do you keep track of everything? And then yeah. you, you obviously you've already got a massive to-do list yeah. you have to get through <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah but so it would be nice to- if, you're, if your to-do list is quite big at the moment, it is like, are you looking at hiring at the moment? Are you looking to get like a VA on board or like, how are you going to manage that? Yeah. So I, we're currently um, moving into a, a warehouse um, slash office at the moment um so once that's completed then i'll be looking at um bringing someone on probably more on the product fulfillment side i think that's probably where i need help the most but at the moment i'm just trying um we've basically got agencies on board so yeah bookkeeping um and digital marketing and all that um uh otherwise just trying to streamline processes like the shipping processes and all that just to make it um quicker but yeah i'm hopeful that all the fun stuff get someone else on board to to help um uh this year yeah awesome with your to-do list like if you don't mind sharing like what's one of the biggest obstacles that you're tackling at the moment and how are you planning to overcome that um i think it's time really it comes down to time and it's just not enough hours in the day so I, um, I have a family as well. Um, my son's eight years old, so I do all the uh, the life admin and all that sort of stuff so my husband can focus on his company as well. So there's always a balance between trying to grow a business and um, that family time as well. So I guess I just, just try to do something every day. It's all the one percenters that add up and, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and it takes a long time to build anything yeah. big. So just trying to just chug and just keep doing something every day. So um, and also focus on cutting down the tasks that are not essential. So focusing on what's going to move the needle forward and whether that's contacting influencers and, and gifting, that's moving the needle forward. I'm doing cold reach out to pet stores trying to do at least a couple of calls every day um yeah and and cutting down the noise of all the other stuff that doesn't uh help as much or trying to outsource that like all the bookkeeping and all that sort of stuff yeah for sure i feel like entrepreneurs do put a lot of pressure on themselves to be always in grind season but that's always just going to lead to burnout whether it's in the next week month or even years down the track if you don't get in a solid routine where you're spending that quality time with your family and or you or you're always hustling it's like yeah like something's got to suffer so yeah yeah, finding that balance is quite important accepting the fact that 
these things take time to build. Like if you look at any big company, it might look from the outside like it's an overnight success, but I can guarantee that it isn't. It takes time. So just trying to utilise your time better as well. So, you know, I drive a fair bit. Um, My son goes to school nearly half an hour away, so I spend nearly two hours a day in in the car. But during that time I podcast a lot. I, I try to teach myself about how to run a business and all the, you know, avenues of, of um, you know, ways to learn to do things. I really, I enjoy the process of learning how to do new things as well. So fo- focusing on that process of learning rather than the outcome at the end as well, um, you know, I'm yeah. in it for the long haul. So it's it, just going to take time. Yeah. You, you need to, you need to quickly press the fast forward button and stop having to drop your kid off at school and yeah, two yeah. hours back that you'll say. No, no, day. I'm not going to get this time back. <laughs> <laughs> I need to slow yeah. down. Yeah, but, yeah, that's one of the biggest like time savers that I've had since like moving into like work from home. It's like I don't have to travel 20, 30 minutes to work too yeah. and then on the way back as well. It, it is a massive time suck and I didn't realise how much like extra time I have like if I don't have to commute to work and yeah. some people travel like two hours per day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah it's a it, lot. it'd be very hard to fit anything in. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what, what, what are some time saving techniques uh, that you use? Like are you writing down a to-do list on pen and paper? Or do you have a whiteboard or you got notes um, or I have a is very it all just like whiteboard. going through the motions? Very messy whiteboard, but um, I'm not really that much of a list person. I, try to I think I make a a mental list at the start of each day I think okay well I've got this many hours and these are the priorities this is what I'm going to do first smash that out focus focus on one thing at a time so for each day I'll have a priority of you know four or five tasks and just focus on the top one first and get that done and then move on I think uh, running a business you can very easily get overwhelmed with all the things and then you end up doing nothing yeah. so focus is key focus on that one thing get it done move on to the next you never get through your whole job list just rolls on yeah. i was um i was this week i was asking for content from a client and he was just like oh, i sat down i tried to do it uh, but I just sat at the computer like mental blank because yeah. he was putting out all the spot fires out on the side. Yeah. I was like, no, yeah. like you need to actually sit down, look at the computer and like just shut off all distractions, yeah. like turn off your phone, like stop yeah. people coming into your office and actually concentrate. Yeah. I think yeah. actually getting into a deep flow, yeah. you'll get so much more done and then you'll have also more time to solve all those other issues rather than focusing on one yeah. thing every time. And 10 half the to time all those minutes. other little things take care of themselves in the end anyway. They're not yeah. potentially don't even need you. So just just focusing on what you really want to get done and not letting anything else distract you from that. Yeah, mm. for sure. Well, just before we finish up today, do you have any other little bits of advice for the up and coming entrepreneur? Um, hmm. I guess just, I mean, the, one of the big things is making sure that what you're trying to sell actually has a market um and then educating yourself or just jump in the deep end straight away and create your own niche yeah but don't hold out too long (laughs) just just do it you just got to do something because even if you start something you can always pivot and no matter what 
track you're on, doors always open if you're just doing something. So just get started, get into it and just educate yourself as well. Like we're all capable of learning new skills. Don't say, oh, well, I can't do that. You you can, you just have to learn. So um, I listened to a podcast. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's called The Game by Alex Hamosi. And I would highly recommend him to everyone because he's just got such such a unique and valuable view on life and business. And um, yeah, I've I've taken a lot from from that podcast. So I'd highly recommend anyone who is running a business or wants to to listen to the game. I listen to him every day. Um, but just do it. Just do it. Yeah, for sure. Just do it. <laughs> just a little Nike plug yeah, there, there before we end up. <laughs> now, just want to give yourself a plug as well. Where can people find your business, maybe purchase some products and even connect with yourself individually Yeah, as well? sure. So the business is called Queen of Ants um, and it's the same website, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Insta handle, Queen of Ants. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on today. I'm sure the listeners will get a lot out of this and I look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode. Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, D2C Slingshot listeners. Unfortunately, today's episode has come to an end. If you did make it this far, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed the episode. So make sure to smash the like, follow, or even subscribe button. Any feedback or engagement really does help us grow. Now, if you do have any questions or insights that you would like to share, then message me on Instagram at Lockie Social Slingshot. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next one.